Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode uh, 634, recording today live on Wednesday, the 9th of September, which is, in fact, 909 Day. I don't think we've ever had a show on either 808 or 909 Day. I think we had one on 303 Day once. So uh, this be the th- so yeah today 9th of September so 909 day uh, and we'll we'll get onto a little bit of that later. I want to say thank you very much to everybody for joining us. Uh, we've got uh, people in the IRC, people in YouTube. Uh, I've got people watching on Twitch. Uh, I'm going to try and figure out how to get it to a few more destinations if I could do it automatically because it's a little bit extra. But uh, thanks for bearing with us. Uh, those of you who've been following the show will know that we've got uh, we've had a few technical difficulties. We had to rebuild our main PC for this, and last week. Uh, the audio was the thing that I hadn't quite got right, but now we've got a, a lovely bit of isotope neutron across the master bus, so we should be sounding all FM and nicely levelled uh, and very much radio, which is apt because this is a podcast to do with music technology, all to do with uh, instruments, electronic music, music production, live performance, streaming, anything that kind of surrounds the ecosystem of music creation and recording and that kind of thing. So welcome one and all. And uh, we'll start over here with Mr. Rich Hilton as one of our guests. Uh, how are you doing, Rich? We haven't seen Rich for ages. Rich, uh, is things are obviously very bright where you are and uh, you're looking well. I know you've, uh, you've, you, ha- you have a little eye, eye, whatever it's called, an eye thing, so hence the glasses. It's not that you're too cool for school, although you are pretty cool. Rich, of course, uh, chic band member, producer, engineer, all kinds of things under his belt. How are you, Rich? You well? Thank you. I'm very well. Yes, I'm doing good. And uh, the eye thing is improving, but it's still a little uh, unsightly. So I've gone the glasses. Gone with the shades. Excellent. I'm surprised and I'm only mildly disappointed that you're not going for the full teardrop aviator kind of look with the mirrors, the full Tom Cruise thing. But I can live with that. I think they look great on you, but I just have this sort of image of you wearing aviators, I guess. Okay. It's it's been done and uh, <laughs> not lately, not, not anymore. <laughs> Aviators, oh yes, those massively expensive eyeglasses. I don't think I've ever been able to afford, or I think I usually end up buying ones at sort of secondhand kind of or or market stalls where they always there's usually much cheapness involved. And I go, wow, that seems like a good deal, and then you realise, of course, that's not actually the real thing. But it doesn't matter. It's only a momentary look. But Rich, it's lovely. Sunglasses. To have you. Sunglasses are something I spend up on. Oh, right. Okay. Because I wear them a lot and my experience of life takes place through them. So I take it ser- I take it fairly seriously. That's an interesting point. I, I guess since I started wearing glasses, I wear sunglasses less regularly. So because uh, if I put mm-hmm. them on, I can't see quite as well. But I guess if you need glasses, then it would be prescription. And I, 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 I right. don't. I just, I just wear a hat <laughs> instead <laughs> and pull the thing down over my eyes. And just that's the yeah, way I yeah. do it. But uh, yes, thanks, Rich. Uh, and we've also got Mr. Charles Chicky Reeves, chickyandcoco.com. Uh, there in his, his very wide angle GoPro boudoir there, where, where he's been, I think you've been on session today doing mixing, which is your want because you mix and all, all sorts of other stuff. There's lots of interesting things going on, I no doubt, yeah. in your professional life. How are you, Charles? Things are good. Things are good. Um, I've been working a lot, doing a lot of sessions. I, uh, today I was actually doing production on a track, uh, kind of a sort of slightly ska-influenced electronic track. <clears throat> and um, I've been on that actually really for a few days. And then uh, I'm also getting ready for my show. I, I'm pointing out 
out that way because there's a big gazebo now out in my back garden. Um, and that's where it's all going to happen. But then again, we did just get a new lockdown uh, guidance here in the UK. So who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Yes. So hard to plan, isn't it? I don't know whatever it week is. we are in, uh, in, in things, but uh, uh, hopefully it's all going to work. Maybe you just have to go for duos. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> just keep well, the, band the thing that- is, that it was going to be the band and then just a few select guests, but it looks like I can't do guests, at least for the first few shows, you know, because uh, yeah. uh, like already the first band is already over the limit of how many people I'm supposed to have here because yeah. it's six people in the band. But we'll see. We'll see how long this lasts. Well, we're looking forward to it anyway. It's going to be great fun. Uh, And we also have Mr. Gaz Williams, who's over there in in Bristol, where his uh, mastermind... Do you know what? Noise. You... Weird noise. Ah, I tell you what it is. And let me shut the window. There is someone mowing the lawn next door. Oh, and it's breaking <laughs> and it's making the, the noise gate do some weird things. Ah, um, so yeah, it always sounded yes. like someone was kicking the spring reverb. <laughs> um, oh no, there is that as well. Exactly. I, I I employ I employ someone to come and do that. So it may be that that you're hearing actually. Um, <laughs> what I was going to say though, Nick, you talking about aviators? You bought me a pair of aviators on the beach in santa monica in after nam 2018 um they weren't I, real I tell you. were they that was very well, generous of me were, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, mean, I think they were like 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 a like a two dollar pair of ah uh, aviator you know. i should uh, perhaps point out for uh, legal reasons aviator style possibly aviator style. oh is aviator a brand is it is well, it like a, i thought it was yeah, just a style the, yeah. what, what, who, who is ray-bans it? i believe ray-bans right? that's right yeah, oh, yeah. ray-ban yeah. Mm. Thing is, you see, I need I got a big face, so I need like oversized. Um, I need oversized aviators, and I can never find them. So this is an appeal. I need oversized aviators. Anyone if they can point me in that in the right way. I think America glasses are bigger than they are in Britain. Anyway, do you think Maybe Americans so. have got bigger bigger faces than Gla- the Brits? Glass, yeah, and glass we're, is just cheaper in the yeah. Glass is just cheaper so big in, in, America. in the, the states. Yeah. It's like it's like gas. <laughs> That's right, Gas. You yeah. need to shut your window. It really is weird. Oh, that sorry, yeah, that is weird. I do beg your pardon, uh, uh, listeners. Uh, this is this is some, some just a bit of technical jiggery pokery uh, that we're working on. All that. Uh, so over. Oversized aviators. That's another potential title uh, for news. Uh, Can you well, just check that? Check that audio, Nick. See. Gosh, that soundproofing you've got is amazing. What are you using? <laughs> Pilkington glass. <laughs> yeah. Glass. It's made purely of aviator sunglasses lenses. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, let's get on to some news. I mean, there's tons of news. I wonder. I just don't know where to start. Really. I mean, I think. Uh, well, so, as I said, it was nine oh nine day. Let's maybe uh, start with some 909 action, because I've got a question that I want to pose to you. Obviously, today, 9th the 9th, here's some classic 909 patterns uh, by Synthmania. Hey. Pump up the jam. Remember this one? I met their Technotronic. I did a gig with them once. <laughs> Pump up the jam. Pump it up. I can't remember the exact <laughs> how it goes, but you know, that, that, that's all you're going to get from me. This one's the next one. This is the real classic as well. Shep Patty Bone at his finest. Madonna Vogue. Lots of these 160 BPM. Anyway, uh, really, this was just like, it's amazing. You know, I, I posed the question earlier on Facebook and Twitter. I was saying, you know, the, it's 808, it's 909 day, but 
Which perhaps was more influential, has been more, has shaped music more uh, between the 808 and the 909. And I was thinking it would be about equal. And I wondered what people might think uh, about that, just purely because, I mean, both of them, I mean, obviously the 808 came in 80 and the 909 in 83. So they're quite close together in, in terms, but I suppose miles apart in terms of music technology advancements. But they both were, they consolidated this concept of the 16-step one-bar riff, which is basically shaped music ever since, you know, forever. Uh, so I'm curious, I, I'm, I, and I don't know whether it maybe is different between where you are in the country, you know, where you are in the world, which has more influence. I don't know. What do you think, Rich? Is, uh, I mean, I, I had all sorts of theories about this, but I thought I'd speak to someone with more experience than me first. Well, to, to the question of how they've influenced music, I agree with your assessment that it's about equal, um, and it, which is to say both of them tremendously. Um, but as far as which one was actually the groundbreaker, it was the 808 because it established that one bar paradigm and it created a drum machine that was completely different and probably preceded the designs of the sample based drum machines that were existing, just beginning to exist at the time. So, um, or you know, it, it was it was a departure from uh, they had previously existed, but it, it was a departure from the popular sample-based drum machines. Then the 909 kind of incorporated all of the intelligence that went into the 808 design, and then integrated a sample sort of based engine into it. And yeah. uh, so the appearance of the 808 in my life had a greater impact on the creative workflow and immediately i found i looked for ways to incorporate it into my sort of lindrum driven world at the time uh dr click lindrum memory mode world that i was in and uh and found ways and loved it and enjoyed being able to incorporate those textures because i have to, i don't know if this is true for everybody but for me the stuff that really put the thing on the map was the early Phil Collins solo stuff, um, featuring it so heavily, it really made it. Uh, I think from there it just became yeah, I suppose incredibly ubiquitous yeah. set yeah, of yeah, sounds. Yeah. And even if you didn't have one of those creating it, you had uh, ten versions of those sounds in various libraries, and could draw on them. The infamous eight hundred eight cowbell or whatever, the clap, and uh, and the uh, very sine wavy kick drum that mm. was available. It's interesting, I mean, because I was thinking that the 909 perhaps made it onto may, way more records in the end because Maybe. it was easier to sample with the technology that was available there, that you could capture it better than you could capture the 808 kick with early samplers. It just didn't, whatever you did, it just didn't quite have that, whereas the 909 you'd get the smack, whereas the long boom was not quite so much of the sound. I don't know whether that's uh, something you might agree with, Chicky. I'm not sure if that's uh, or how, what your thoughts are generally. Well, uh, Sexual Healing was the first song I heard that I absolutely loved uh, hearing that on. And then uh, when, I, when I was first doing music for a living, like, you know, recording music for a living, uh, I was doing a lot, of, a lot of hip hop. And of course, hip hop was centered around the 808 as the actual baseline. So uh, whether that was you know, sampled from an 808 or actually using an 808. Although a lot of times it was using an 808. You know, these these guys would come in with these really beat up 808 machines 
and even kind of complaining like, oh yeah, this is a bit dated and whatever. I'm, I'm going to, you know, flog this machine at some point. And, you know, now if they only knew what treasures <laughs> they had, you know, it's like, I, I like, I mean, I, I got rid of a 909 and a 707 for 150 bucks. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, I should have checked. The, yeah. I should have checked the, the current prices. Actually, I think the eight hundred eight probably still has it because it's slightly older and possibly rarer. Yeah. I don't know whether that's the case. But. Well, the, the, the other thing too, with like the the eight hundred eight and the nine hundred nine, I mean, there's the obvious tonal differences, but the the nine hundred nine was a lot more useful. Does that make sense? Yeah, like it, it would work in a lot more tracks, especially as as you're trying to get more energy. And eight hundred eight was like for stuff that was a little bit. Like a more slower tempos, bit more, bit mellower. Even even hip hop stuff I was doing. I mean, unless you just you know ran it through like a pair of dynamites and just compressed the crap out of it, which I did that quite a lot. In yeah. fact, I think I still have the dynamites over there in the rack. You know, They've still got, got the essence of eight oh eight in there somewhere. In there. Yeah, 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 somewhere in there. Yeah, still still sounds still smells like an eight oh eight. It was great though. I that's I nine oh nine though is the thing I ended up using later on the most um and even to this day i still use a lot of 909 kicks for you know almost anything yeah there's the thwack you can't beat isn't it yeah. there's just something about it's hard the to beat. Of it. it yeah. is hard to beat i mean you know guilty mm. and, the, and the hats it's just that it's it's almost like why bother sampling the individual ones you may as well just sample that riff but they they formed you know again as with the 808 they really needed a bit of external processing to get the real you know the classic pultec 808 combination is the is one and the la 28 gaz what about what do what do you think i mean most i i i'm if i was to guess i would say you probably feel that the 808's been more influential but i would be well, I mean, the, the 808 is more of a household name, isn't it, I think, as well. Um, mm. But the 909, I mean, when I was getting really familiar with the sound of both of those drum machines in the early 90s, it was all about the 909 kick. The kick yeah. off the 909, I just thought, was perfection and still is, really. Um, the 808 kick is great, obviously, and you can do all of that stuff with the modded ones, the, the long decay. Uh but the 909, uh, the kick, gosh, I just thought was the, the crowning glory of that drum machine. Um, it was just occurring to me, though, that the Behringer RD9 was meant to drop on it ages ago. Oh, God, ago. yeah, that's been years, hasn't ages it? Ages yeah. ago, yeah. And it was like, oh, it was meant to be coming just at the end of the summer or whatever. Um, just thought, oh, I wonder if that's locked into some legal shenanigans i wonder i've no uh, idea whether that's the no case. idea yeah couldn't tell no you. idea couldn't yeah. tell you. but that's just yes yeah yeah just had just thought about that mm. but um yeah i mean i remember the thing that got me most about seeing the 909 for the first time was just how big it is and you know, impo- you know it's quite an imposing machine isn't it um and it's not as it's quite office colour scheme isn't it <laughs> yeah there's a, there's a, there's a touch of the photocopier about it isn't there <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes so you know so just from the visuals the 808 just has got it hasn't it you know i don't see do you see people with 909 trainers is it, have they done any range yeah, fashion, fashion wear? That. 
Hmm. I don't know. It's yeah. possible. Yeah, I mean, they should. I mean, that's not a bad yeah. idea, I guess. Um, I think well, should have 707 trainers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, they could do the whole range, couldn't they? Well, I mean, in the interests of research, I actually published a poll on Twitter, which was, you know, what do you think was the most influential? And I expected, I expected 50-50, but actually it's 75%. I mean, this is, you know, there's only a... 175 votes or whatever it's still got 24 hours to run 75 percent 808 25 percent 909 that's an interesting yeah. i don't know whether that speaks of our audience or speaks of just the truth it's it's hard to know it's hardly qualitative but luke lindrem says there geez way to shame the 909 on its birthday which i thought was quite <laughs> happy birthday you're not as happy birthday nobody likes you <laughs> we like your uncle 808 better yeah we are yeah uncle 808 i don't know I, I just thought it was interesting but you know obviously both massively influential i mean as are many other dream drum machines but this was really just about a kind of direct comparison because the thing is is that i think there's that there's so and there still are so many records with 909 stuff at the basis of it i mean if you just think of endless house tracks and i mean it was the language of pop dance for 10 years probably maybe more maybe less i don't know you know but a, yeah. a significant amount of time i'm not guilty you know so, so yeah. well, i was gonna say that some of this probably comes down to uh the geography too because i think i mean rich you can you can tell me if this is if you agree with this um i think in the states so the 808 became quite big and then by the time the 909 was sort of the the pop drum machine over here in the states the kind of music that was popular was not necessarily that like I mean, america became kind of rocky for yeah, what has true. been rocky for a long time pro tools rock and so yeah yeah so like a lot of the a lot of the music that uses 909 stuff was like kind of limited to you know new york detroit chicago san francisco la and that was about it everywhere else in the country people would have no idea what drum machine yeah, you're they were talking playing about guitars yeah they're playing <laughs> yeah. guitars so no, that's, a, that's a fair that's, point fair point yeah, yeah. Uh, always worth mentioning anyway i just thought i'd drop that in there because <laughs> uh that was kind of fun uh i want to say thanks to everybody who did vote on the uh on the t on the you know, on the on the bit of fun there, but uh, yeah, I actually thought of I, I actually thought of some clickbaity social media posts today. It kind of provided me with some. I feel like a proper publisher, you know, now because I've been doing that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, okay. Well, I mean, the other really really big news is uh, Machina. Machina has dropped. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can find the video. Here it comes. <laughs> Yeah, standalone Machina, which looks a lot like the uh, Machina, the Mark III or whatever the last Machina was, but it's audio interface. Well, I guess it had an audio interface now, but it's got a, a four-core, I guess it's ARM running Linux, and it runs its own version of Machina in there. But more interestingly, it runs specially adapted, I feel, uh, versions of native instruments, sort of classic hits massive monarch and you get those as part of the deal uh, plus i think it runs to some degree some some reactor stuff uh, and we think contact but i'm not totally sure about that it's unclear as to whether you can load contact libraries or whether it'll only load certain ones i guess the limitation of the uh, four gigs of ram will make a difference but Everybody's doing it, and uh, the Nave Instruments have actually been saying they're going to be doing it for, uh, gosh, 
I think there was a leak in 2019 for for initially, and it never made it. And then there was a leak yesterday, uh, or the day before, and they went early. It was supposed to actually be announced today. But this is potentially really big news. I mean, Machina is is kind of a, and the the whole kind of native instruments software platform is a really big deal. I'm going to come to you first, Gaz, because you've mm. generally been the one who's uh, had the uh, the difficult job of reviewing these kind of standalone systems. I mean, the last one we did was the MC707. Before that was MPC, yes. uh, the MP Clive yes. the second. And <laughs> you know, you've uh, and you you've used Machina as well. So uh, what yes, what do lots. you think about this? How did, what do you reckon? I think. I, well, I mean, I'm really excited about this. I've seen a bit of naysaying going on typically online, but I think this is just about as good a thing as we could have expected from them. And I think the price point is is personally spot on. It's around, I think, 1,100 UK pounds, $1,400, is it? I yeah. think something like that, 1,200 people, people euros. Have been, people have been moaning, but I mean, actually, I looked at I it. Think and that's, the, a good, that's a good. NPC Live is a, the same price, and the deluge yeah. is going to be around yeah. about a grand for once you've paid import yeah. duty. So Yeah, so I think that it's, uh, I think going for the exact, virtually exact version like of the Mark III, is really interesting. I mean, I say it's exact in terms of the layout. It's a metal casing. There's more premium knobs. Uh, this uh, there's a con- con- like a multi-way control knob. I think on the, the this new one, it's like metal and everything's a little bit more quality in that respect. But in terms of layout, it's almost identical. It's almost identical, and and I think that's a fantastic idea because. A lot of people who are really well, familiar no, yeah, with well, it no, yeah. will just be able to straight away use it. Uh, also, I think just the fact that it could be standalone, even running on your desktop when it could be running it as a plugin, still running it standalone and it synced in uh, via, you know, I don't know, even just MIDI DIN um, or actually uh, Ableton Live. Link, uh, yeah. Like, well, it's got, this has got Wi-Fi okay. and I think Ethernet. Yeah. I didn't check. I didn't yeah. see that with it. I think definitely. it's got Ethernet. It's got, Not sure. Well, no, it's, it's definitely, definitely got, got Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Yeah. Definitely got Wi-Fi. And Bluetooth. Uh, yeah. So one of the things that they advertise it there is, you know, people with their iPads just in the room with it and it just being able to be part of that ecosystem. I think it being standalone is kind of crucial for that kind of relationship. I think uh, when it's connected to the computer, as it has been for its life up until now, you know, it it's in that computer realm. As soon as you separate something from that computer realm and bring it amongst hardware, I think it's, you know, I just think there's something really important about that that kind of relationship um you know one of the great things with machine oh i was thinking that do you think there's going to be like a moog moog thing going on with machine machina, machina? yeah I don't <laughs> for, the, <laughs> for the new generation uh, i say machine um it's um is that the successive uh, hardware that came out including the the micro versions uh, and the studio leading up to the the Mark III, the, the workflow has just got really, really good on it. Uh, however, the one thing that people have been, you know, really screaming for in the machine community is the idea of a proper timeline arranger. And in this uh, Native Instruments trailer for the uh, for the machine. Yes, Plus, Cl- introducing clips, the, doesn't it? And they say in the thing that you will already that you will already have 
So I think that this has been brought forward because of a leak. I think it was meant to coincide with an update for machine that brings in this clips notion, oh, okay. which is yeah. being able to move patterns along, create things that, and we talk about this quite a lot, overlapping pattern boundaries, you know, being able to have bits that go across, which is the big drawback generally of grid-based machines. Yeah. So that, I mean, as well as the big news of the uh, of the standalone coming out, that additional functionality coming well, into the it's software to be, it's is, starting to be a DAW, more DAW-like. That's it? the one, in a way, That's that that is the missing bit, really, that, that does kind of bridge the gap of a groove box to a, a DAW. So really interesting, yeah. So I think, yeah, and I think price points is is spot on and uh and it's great for the competition as well because i think akai have had that you know well they've had you know octatrack deluge yeah. not a lot of competition now the mc707 is certainly competition but um not not quite this... the same, but yeah it's interesting yeah. i i i think uh i don't know I, I i don't know quite where it sits because it doesn't have cv and gate it doesn't have it only has two audio outputs a stereo plus a headphone output which seems a little bit light it's a host mode so you can plug usb things but they don't say that you can plug in maybe external audio interfaces to increase the uh the output account or maybe add some uh some cv capable stuff in there i don't know i mean i don't know um charles i'm not sure if you're a i think you're an mpc guy weren't you rather than a machine guy but i i don't know for sure push two guy push two guy that's right yeah yeah i love push two i like this though because this is standalone. And the whole reason I got push was because uh, I wanted to have something that I didn't have to look at the computer so much with. And although I have to a bit more than I thought I would have to, uh, I just kind of want to get, get my eyes off of a screen and uh, or off of a, a bigger screen. Like I say that as I have screens all over the place. Yeah. Um, but I, I, wanted, I wanted something where I just didn't have to be on the computer nearly as much. And this excites me because that is exactly what this is. Whereas push is just sort of another interface for the computer. This is its own thing. So yeah, this this actually this does interest me. Um, I like the like the native instruments uh, environment anyway. So this will be great. Uh, it's dropping in October, so there'll be pre-orders. You can pre-order now. I don't know, Rich, if this is something that you're likely to be uh, reaching for the uh, credit card to order in advance. Do you think? I mean, do you think that the standalone thing has been somewhat is somewhat overblown? Because I mean, I always feel like sometimes you kind of go, "Well, I need more screen because I can't see what's going on via this GUI." So maybe I should just no, no, I don't think that it's okay. overblown, and right. I think that there are some wonderful products that have emerged uh, with this sort of resurgence of the desire of standalone hardware interacting with other pieces of standalone hardware. Uh, which for me is a bit of a throwback to the pre-DAW era and uh, and is cool. And it gets very cool results. It also feeds into the whole modular rig fascination and everything. And uh, no, I love it. And uh, this looks like a really cool product. And I think not to be understated is the inclusion of all of those synths, including Monarch, which yeah. is, uh, I believe... It's great um, sounding. Re, uh, what, what's... Uh, it's part of the reactor. It's part of yeah. the reactor stuff, which means there is some version of reactor that's running in this thing. And uh, and there were some other 
amazing fm8 which i actually really like there's a bunch yeah. of synths massive and um it's just a lot of product in a very small cool looking you know once you get the hang the handle on how to operate it it just seems very creatively uh cool and fun and uh i was never love was ne my favorite thing about running machina which i did do briefly for a while is was not the interfacing of the way the hardware interfaced with the with the computer was never my favorite thing about it operating the hardware was my favorite thing about it um dealing with it on the computer was something i sort of had to do and uh having this thing be able to do so much to be able to just sit here at my desk never look once look up at a computer screen and create a piece of music based on what's built into the machine it's like the ultimate vl tone to me in a way <laughs> isn't it a bit like being chained to the production line where you have to wear a nappy because you can't go to the toilet you know isn't it just sort of like you will focus purely on this you can't do anything else it's not allowed but there's so much good stuff in there that how could you not come out with a piece of me i mean if you yeah. can't come out with a piece of music then it's because you can't come out with a piece of music it's not it yeah it, it's just yeah. a really fully featured beast waiting to be mastered i just i love the idea actually I, well, now am i likely to come up with 1500 bucks between now and three months from now to buy one no but uh i look forward to getting to operate one and maybe someday i will yeah, it's interesting. Well, we know, I mean, and we've said before that the thing about the native instrument stuff is it, it's, it sounds really good. And a lot of those yeah. sounds yes. are kind of record ready, you know, so you don't have to do a lot of extra stuff. And it's they don't make a really big deal about that. Whereas, you know, some of the other manufacturers yeah. are kind of going, you know, they, they push the producer packs and whatnot and, and what the provenance of where those sounds come from. Whereas mm -hmm. actually... The native instrument is just, it's just you play a note and you go, blimey, that sounds like it's ready to go. You know, that's that, that, and I think that's probably, they undersell that a little bit, to, in my opinion. So, um, so one thing I should just mention with the layout of the standalone and the desktop one being identical, you know, when you connect the standalone to the computer, it's just like, exactly like having. Oh yeah, it works the, in controller mode, doesn't it? It yeah, works right. in controller mode. So, uh, so that's like this perfect marriage. There to be go. fair, that's how Akai and MPC have been doing it too. But machine. Oh, he's gone. Oh, oh that's a shame. He just he just disconnected. <laughs> I thought Rich bought. Maybe too. he'll come back oh. and get. No, I just come... I just did that. But... <laughs> that's ah. very good. <laughs> we all do. yeah. Everybody get the. There's nothing Shock worse. Me. Everybody goes. <laughs> like that and you just think oh something's broken it's not me it's not me everybody i'd just like to point out gaz has just yeah I realize <laughs> there he is sorry carry on gaz uh, am i am i back yeah you're back you're, you're back. back i don't know what you happened. Are gaz. no idea no didn't do anything uh so where did i say what did i get to um i i i yes i'm trying to remember was, i was listening <laughs> no, to what you were saying but i don't have i don't have the capacity to listen to it, okay, what you're saying as well as produce the show <laughs> The desktop when it's when it's on the desktop, yeah. it's the same as having, you know, when yeah. it's connected to the computer. Rather, it's just like having the controller. So, so the fact that it's virtually identical workflow, I think, is really good. But I was mentioning about how Akai and the MPC line had got the software and the the hardware thing working together now as well. So, it really does mean that those products are much more going head to head against each other now. I mean, Akai have had stolen the march somewhat, but it did get me wondering how long until Ableton follows suit with a standalone push. There we go. 
food yeah, for thought. Well, the, you, I, that's I, a very know. good question, and that that makes a lot of sense. And somebody raised in the that. chat room, our, our dear lady aptitude, how long before they put out a keyboard that contains basically contact and runs like a DAW. Yeah, and, and not only that, but in uh, Ben Breslin, uh, I think it's called Ben, Ben Breslin says, kind of like Receptor Muse from, you know, 15 years ago, <laughs> which was basically a Linux computer running native mode. But the other thing that's quite interesting about this machina is uh, in in standalone mode, it'll do 24-bit 44.1. In, in controller mode, it'll do 9624, which obviously means the CPU just can't process 96K across that many tracks. I mean, you know, that they made a conscious decision not to up the resolution for that because obviously it would be, you know, I don't know. There's so many questions that need to be answered because it'd be very, very interesting to know. Sorry, Gaz. Just coming in quickly about that thing, uh, Peter Kern says about it on the Create Digital Music um, that the CPU meter on the standalone is much more useful indicator of actual reserve compared to uh, what you might see on a computer because it has that many more background tasks. Uh, that apparently, because of this Linux uh core that the whole thing is running on it's super optimized yeah. uh so the cpu well, should you should get some really you know decent amounts of stuff running on it yeah i mean that would be the same with the mpc the same with the uh you know any of these things they, but they've essentially got linux cores running on arms mostly i mean it's that's the way you do yeah. stuff these days because it's you know that's just the way of the world but yeah anyway interesting stuff uh, um oh I, charles has I a razor finger say, i do have, i do have one issue which is if if they're doing it in standalone mode at, at, at 24 or 44, why 44? Because 44, like the difference between 48 and 88.2, I mean, there's there's a difference, but it's, you know, to, certainly to the human ear and with aliasing and so forth, it's not that big a difference. But the difference between 44 and 48 is pretty dramatic. So why not just do 48? I mean, it's not a whole lot more processing power. I wonder, I suspect it might be something to do with maybe the fact that the sample libraries are generally at 44s, so that mm, there would, yeah. so it doesn't have to do any sample rate conversion. Maybe some of the engines, you know, work, are optimised for that sample. I don't know. I mean, that's a complete guess, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Should, but good point, good point. Okay, <clears throat> well, that was uh, Machina. Machina is obviously a big deal. Machina Plus coming out in uh, October uh, at some point uh, and, you know, was slightly rushed in there. Anyway, uh, it's now time to uh, have a word from our friends uh, over at Isotope. And they're mixing it up this week uh, because what we're doing... Uh, actually, I've got to actually... Uh, if I could just switch to the right browser. Uh, if you check, they've created a special page for Sonic Talk. Welcome the Isotope. Welcome, Sonic Talk listeners. Uh, you can now use the code SONIC10... Uh, uh, at checkout to save 10% on basically all of their stuff. So, uh, you know, as well as RX-8, which has just come out, which is on sale, I believe it's possible you save maybe an additional 10%. So there's the the big guys. There's also uh, production packs. There's... Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff, and they they're also plugging their own podcast on our on our landing page. I'm not sure how I feel about that. That feels somehow you know just just wrong to a degree. But uh, the point is, um, as we all know. The thing about the isotope stuff is, you know, we use it all the time. I mean, those of you who were watching last week will know that, you know, the podcast didn't sound as good because I hadn't reinstalled the Neutron plugin, which runs across the master bus to create this kind of much better sound. So if you're looking for any of their stuff, which you can download as a demo, save yourself 10%. You know, use the code SONIC10 at checkout uh, on any of the isotope stuff. And as we know, you know, they make some really 
fantastic products. So uh, we thank them once again for the support. It's really much appreciated. And it's great to have such a good fit because their stuff really is, you know, a good fit. Most of us, if not all of us, use it to a greater or lesser degree. Okay, um, what's next? Oh, yeah, let's go for... This is also... uh, This is going to be a bit meta because it's me talking about the next product. Hello and welcome to another Sonic Lab. Today we're looking at the new Artoria Keystep 37. This is kind of successor to to the extremely popular uh, Keystep, which is what I've got here in the black edition. Actually very similar in many ways, uh, but there are a few notable differences. Uh, First of all, you're going to see this uh, little control strip that we've got here, which has got four encoders, not fully rotary, and a cord button plus a little LCD display or LED, I'm not quite sure which that is. Also, you're probably going to notice that we've got note value indicators above the keyboard, which is something that we got in the Keystep Pro as well. Yes, uh, you can watch that. I published that. This was one of those uh, simul releases, simultaneous releases. So there's Loop Pop, myself, Malt Music Technology, uh, a bunch of people all put stuff out. Uh, Loop Pop rather put me, oh, Mylar Melodies as well. Uh, well, they focused on some of the other features. I was kind of, uh, I, I basically missed out the whole scale thing, which I feel a bit of a shame now. But the problem with the simultaneous release, when you see what everybody else has done, you go, oh, too late to reshoot. I missed the deadline. <laughs> but the big news is obviously, you know, a new controller. I mean, bear in mind, the Keystep was probably one of the most popular controllers, of, certainly of, you know, the number of years because it married it, it's, it married the CV and gate with the MIDI. And it's a very, very simple thing. And it's it's actually a really cool thing. I don't know. I, I'm... Uh, Charles, have you have you got a key step anywhere? Is that something you use, you know, anywhere like that? No. The only thing I, uh, the, I have the, I mean, besides their actual synths, I've got the Key Lab. I can't remember which one it is. Yeah. But it's sitting in closet because I needed a way to control her out. Um, uh, but I like this. I like this because I like the uh, the the cord sort of cord rolling stuff. It the reminds strum, me, yeah. I, you know, the the, the organelle does that there's um, a, a couple of pat there are a couple of patches that uh organelle does the critic atari organelle does like yeah. that and i i love that effect so i uh, that that part really excites me about this in fact i think i may have even commented on your video about how much i like that um so that that part excites me and also the price point you know and i this is something so small that you can just pop out anywhere and i don't need that much space to use it a lot of functionality. It was 169, something like that. It's it's super cheap. 169 euros. It's uh, 149 bucks. So it is. I mean, it's it's like 50 buck, 50 quid more expensive than the original Keystep. But you get five keys. You get the MIDI controller stuff, which is quite easy. But the other thing that I thought was really killer is the fact that you can channelize the sequencer against the. Uh, against the keyboard so you can have them sending out on different channels so you could base you could as loop pop showed he program a drum beat in the sequencer and then but you can then set the channel for the keyboard to play over that to go somewhere else which is actually you could do that so- on the you could do that on the original key step oh could you oh yeah with the shift functionality yes you could i think it was a bit tricky to to, to achieve um but yes you could i'm fairly ah. sure yeah because i've done that i've done that you you would just yeah you could just if you hold shift when you change in the midi channel or something you can pick a new one 
Uh, oh. There's a way to do it. There is a way oh, to right, do it. All right, okay. On the well, first there we one. go. That just shows how little I, little I research Speaking... both products. Excellent. Yeah. Sorry, I've cut in now, but I mean, I've been a very keen user of the original key step. And, uh, and I think I've, I have described it as the Stratocaster of controller keyboards in a way, or just, uh, but certainly this new one, I think qualifies for that position even mm. more. And I mean, I mean by that, by being so ubiquitous and just seeing them everywhere, as you say, it's got the CV gate connectivity, but also, you know, the key bed just being bigger than that 25 keys. It does make quite a difference, actually. Di yeah. makes a difference. Going to 37 is obviously even better. And I think that was the thing with the key step. You just go, oh, do you know, it's so perfect. If only there was some a few CC controllers on there as well. Mm. Or, you know, just, oh, if you could just see what the <clears throat> reading of the tempo is or something like that. There, yeah. was, there wasn't much wrong with it. This seems to just do everything that was missing off the original without losing that simplicity, that kind of immediacy. Um, I have, however, three keys are now dead on my key step. So I'm interested to ask the audience uh, if anyone else has had keys going down on their key steps and if there is a remedy for it. And if that is indeed uh symbolic of a quality issue or not or have i just been unlucky uh, you're just particularly anyway, dusty gaz maybe yeah, well there is that so i can't <laughs> deny it um <laughs> and things you know my my head is con and beard is constantly shedding so <laughs> so tmi there is yes so i mean <laughs> I, I have a solution for you Bias. by the way if you yeah. um cool if uh i i on my Keylab and on my uh, mini brute, whatever, my, I can't remember which one I have. That one up there. The, the big um, matrix brute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had had those each for you know a few years, and I I just contacted Arteria, and they, I mean, I I, I don't want to say they're going to do this, but they just sent me a new keypad. <laughs> it was like a, they didn't. They're like, oh yeah, we've we've had problems with this particular line, so here. Should they just right. so you oh. might might just write them and see what they say? That, that's you know, a fact. Right? It, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I wasn't trying to rag on them. I mean, I do think they've been you know amazing, such a wonderful design. And as I say, this new one, I because I wondered, you see, when they brought out the Keystep Pro, I just wondered if they'd just gone a bit too far into that sort of complexity. Although I think it's a really cool thing. So th them bringing this out now just seems like a very smart move, and I think. I think it'll do really, really well. One thing would be quite interesting, though, is do they plan on making a bespoke carry bag for it? Because that is an odd shape to fit in existing kit. Or is there something out there that is a perfect fit for it? Because yeah, I, you know, I, I, it's such I a mobile know. thing. It's too point. wide to fit in any gig, in any kind of Just a little bit too now. long. Yeah, yeah, it's that's just, true. So it does need specific carrying uh, ah, so I don't know. to carry it in. I know, Rich, you're the proper keyboard player amongst all of us. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about, how do you feel like about small MIDI controllers like this? And this is kind of a, this is actually quite, a, you know, ubiquitous, I suppose. I wonder if it will be as much as the previous one. Love, love this product. Really nice product. Does a lot of really cool stuff in a very small package for not a whole lot of money. If they do hold up, and I'm not saying they don't, um then uh it seems like a no-brainer for certain people it does everybody knows what it lacks but it but you get that back in the fact that it's a smaller form factor so you don't have too many drum you don't have a, a bank of drum pads and you don't have a bank of faders and it's a small 
it's a little thing. It's a cute little thing, and it works, and it looks cool. And you did a great video. I enjoyed watching it. Thank you. Uh, that's very kind. I mean, that you know, that uh, Mylar did a good one as well, and Loop Pop did some performance things, which are very interesting. And uh, the one thing that that is really cool about it, because you can you can you can write user scales and user chords on the fly, you can create very sort of generative music with it as well. I mean, the only thing that I think was missing a little bit is it would have been nice to update the uh, MIDI driver functionality where you'd maybe have more than one port. So you could have a port for the, the MIDI and then a port for the, for the CV and gate, which maybe you could switch somehow, just say, you know, combine or separate, because then you could have, as a MIDI controller, you could have the DAW coming into it to drive something else via, you know, through the interface. That would be kind of useful. In the same way that I think the BeatStep... Uh, uh, pro, the Beat Step, was it Beat Step, Beat Step Pro, Beat Step Pro, I think did it, didn't it? Um, because you saw those everywhere. So you know, uh, but I guess you know, diff product differentiation. But yeah, so what is that? I mean, that's uh, another Artoria thing that's uh, that's just you know, because the Key Step Pro wasn't that long ago, so they're obviously you no. know cranking them out, which is interesting. But uh, yeah, mm. um, so I think yeah, I think it costs 149 bucks and 169. Oh no, maybe more dollars. 169 euros, so it's probably similar price. So it is it is more expensive, but there's there's more fun factor I think to that one. So yeah, I just wanted to throw that one in there as well. Um, wow. Okay. Gosh, I've actually got through. We've got through all the all the topic. Oh no, we haven't. Okay. <laughs> th yes. Now this one is more of your kind of, this is the kitty stuck up the tree kind of, uh, and finally type product type story, which I think every show <laughs> should have, but we don't always get the opportunity for that. So how about this? <laughs> yes, this is the John Cage, uh, as slow as physically possible, uh, piece that was originally written in 1987 for organ and is supposed to as well. It's as slow as possible. I think it's called an, uh, I didn't realise that the so the chord change this is slated to last like six hundred and thirty nine years, so the last chord change was something like uh, in two thousand and three, I believe. It's basically yeah, uh, so two thousand and one. It started with a seventeenth month rest on September the fifth, two thousand and one, and the first sound appeared on February two thousand and three. This is the first chord change, which is hard to read. But I didn't really. I thought, I thought it was just like notes, but actually that. Them physically, you can't really hear. They're physically changing the note, the, the pipes on the organ, which I think, which is just constantly on. I mean, it's a pretty, it's a, it's a crazy story, but as we know, John Cage, you know, very groundbreaking sort of avant-garde composer. You know, 4 minutes 33 is a classic. It's studied in most music music courses somewhere it has a kind of purpose because it's designed to make you listen and this is a really interesting i mean one thing it's incredibly clever because it means that someone will be tending to john uh, uh to john cage's work for the next 600 plus years and keeping his kind of his his uh, um uh, what am i looking for his reputation alive uh, i mean perhaps musically less interesting but uh, i know john um, I know, Rich, you studied music concrete. You probably studied John Cage. You know, you know probably a little bit more about this than I'm attempting to uh, indicate I do. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's... I mean, I did study, you know, things. But, but uh, <laughs> as one evaluates a piece of music that goes on for 600 years, I think we're all sort of on equal footing. Um, <laughs> it's certainly an interesting way of going about it it's ultimately you know as analog as it gets because 
it's a mechanical process all the way. Uh, I thought I heard harmonics changing, but it's kind of hard to tell listening to what they were presenting because it wasn't mic specifically to illustrate yeah. the change in the sound. It was more of a news, almost like a news piece where the person who was. Yeah, it's Will was Yandel, recording. I should point out. Yes, I see. And he wasn't necessarily, you know, right in front of the thing holding the microphone, you know. So um, but it seemed to me like harmonics were changing. And um, I love the fact that it's a physical changing of pipes. And uh, I believe there were two that were changed. I could yeah. be. I mean, There's I six in total that there can be. I apparently. see. At any one well, time. it's just so wonderfully mechanical and cool and conceptual and sure why not uh, you know um I, uh, I guess you know to me the point is made by these kinds of things and the things that i the other the most famous cage piece is four minutes 33 seconds where the pianist walks in and sits down and there's four minutes starts a stopwatch or something and then there's four minutes and 33 seconds of whatever happens in the room because the pianist doesn't play anything um and these are to challenge um, the box that we build art into and the way we perceive things and choose to call them art or not art and the extent to which life itself presents as art and makes that's what those are the kinds of things it inspires in me thought wise. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because you can sort of file under, um, you know, 20 million quid for a bicycle saddle on a on a on a you know a, a, on a porcelain uh, uh piss pot you know it's 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 sort of file you know it's kind of, it has those sort of it's people are going to be outraged by this at, in equal measure i mean lots of people went to hear this and it's really funny seeing some of the videos of the audience how could you who be are kind of sitting there I, well because it seems like nonsense and it, and you know to the average person listening you know i want to hear a tune there's no tune it sort of feels like it's almost um it's making fun of us in some way, which maybe is part of part of the reason I, for it. I don't nope. I don't get any of that. But that's okay. interesting because it's equally valid to what I get. And um but I don't get that at all. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I don't know. Um Charles, hmm. what happens when you you know, when when you kind of study this I mean, you, it's a bit it can be seen as, as a little bit uh, uh, impenetrable, I suppose. Yeah. I'm I'm working on uh on an electronic version for thirty three right now. <laughs> What can, sort of noise reduction it? are you using? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to use a lot of RX on it. Um, the uh, I, which reminds me, I, I think it was a few years ago. There was this sort of revolt against the the whole Simon Cowell always having a, a number one hit at Christmas here, and uh, people like the, one year people bought it was a Rage Against the Machine track. And then the next year, they put Ford 33 up as the challenger for the Christmas tune, and they called it Cage Against the Machine. <laughs> um, and, but I, 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 so I, I like John Cage. I like, I like the idea of what he does, because a lot of his compositional work was based around the I Ching. So, you know, it's, I don't know how much you know about the I Ching, but it's, you know, it's sort of a, not quite fortune telling, but it's, it's, it's hard to get into in, in, in this format. But um, but I like the idea of like composing based on letting the universe kind of make those choices right. for you and so forth. And and uh, and I liked this because, yeah, it wasn't it was weird because the, the video itself, the timeline wasn't wasn't uh, intact because uh, 
they would chop back to previous moments because you could because actually I could hear a difference in the two chords and you could hear they had gone back to an earlier part of the video and put that at the end. But as they're as they're sliding the yeah. the um, the pipes in, you can hear it's, it's sort of like just off. Yeah, it's, it was pretty interesting. And then you hear this this quite dissonant tone come through. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but what a great what a great way to to ensure yeah. legacy immortality. Yeah, I, yeah, it's brilliant. Really, from that I mean, point of view, I think about how ironic it would be that I, you know I'm not I'm not crapping on John Cage in any way because I I do respect or yeah I do respect what he did. Um, but if 600 years from now, if you know people think of John Cage as being one of the one of the greatest composers of all time of the age yeah. oh and there was also mozart and bach kind of guy but i don't know much about them but john yeah. cage oh this piece is still, music still going yeah it's fascinating yeah. isn't it yeah. yeah i mean shot of the organ this is the organ uh it's now where is it it's in uh it's in saint burchardy church in holberstadt in germany and uh the thing i like most about this one is the uh is the bellows uh i think they are they're, they're just going constantly that looks pretty cool actually what they've done now is they've put this in a glass case because so it doesn't uh, it doesn't um because it makes quite a lot of noise i know guys it's kind of, i mean it's a concept <laughs> thing it's a, maybe it um, distur disturbs the bats or something you know, I, don't know. Well, I liked when they put it in and the note they put in there sort of sounded a little bit like it hadn't been tuned that's the other thing i found kind of quite funny are you still there, Gaz? Micro, oh, he's gone. Gaz, it's is, a, it's he's, a, he's been stretched down to uh, 600 years uh, 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 frame. So, oh, no, there he is. He's back. Yeah. You're back. He's back. <laughs> oh, what's up? He's on an event horizon. Your, your video froze. I don't know. Distorted oh. fabric oh, okay, of time curious. space. <laughs> um, oh no! I don't know what I've said and what I haven't said now. Yeah, well, um, you didn't. You didn't say anything. We didn't hear any of it. There was so. nothing. Oh. Okay. I, I was the whole show. I think <laughs> experiencing things like this, you know, it's interesting that people went there and were kind of applauding the, the chord change. Um, I think it's lovely. I think it's really great when, when musical events are important. You know, you could say that it seems like maybe a bit arty, but uh, no, I think it's, I think stuff like that is super uh, brilliant. Um, it did make me think again. I know we've mentioned it before, and sadly it's not online anymore. But just how amazing the style, uh, the xylophone was. Do you remember that xylophone? Right. It was a big old grain silo in Canada. I think oh. it was in Canada. And yeah. instead of demolishing it, they made it like an, into an art piece where they, they they put speakers in one end and put some mics at the other end of this enormous big silo. And then you could just upload your audio. You could listen to it basically anywhere yes, you were in the I world. You could, just, you could just stream it and listen to what's go what's the sound, what the microphones are currently picking up in the silo. And you could cue your own piece of music. You just upload your own piece of music to it and it would just join a queue and then it would play. And it was never that long a waiting list. So you could make a little recording and then you could hear it being played out of those speakers in that silo uh, with all of the reverberant quality of that. I mean, this was probably about 10 years ago. Oh, I'm not sure how long it how long it ran for. Oh, I've got, there are some um, possibilities here. I might have to just throw mm -hmm. this one in. Uh, I don't actually. What a cool set. thing it was. That's it. Yeah, the xylophone. That's it, I think. Let me see if I've got... Yeah. I, I might not have rooted the audio. Let me just quickly do that. We can maybe listen to a moment of it. Ah. Uh, Deviated is... Spectrum says there IRs available of that silo. Yeah. <laughs>
like most of my synth patches with any synth that's got effects on it. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I mean, it's it's. I, I think you're right, guys. It's a fascinating idea, and I, th- I I like I like that parallel. I think that's an interesting concept. And I, you know, again, you know, I like the idea that there's going to be some, you know, in. 50 years time that guy who we saw put one of those people or all of those people are going to be sort of decrepit old hermits who kind of pop in the hmm. next one and they they check it and then they come back everybody claps you know the, the diminishing the, the the audience will expand and diminish over the course of the next 500 years you know that was a good day you know that note made a real big difference I, and i think that that sort of stuff i just think yeah it's a bit of it is it's sort of almost like a bit of nonsense but it's actually quite interesting it makes you think about some other stuff that you would uh, okay so who wants to hear uh what the whole thing would sound like sped up yeah oh of course yeah i i, I, I feel thinking. i feel i feel so like I it's a bit it. like yeah it's a bit like saying the end of the film you know telling people what the end of the film's like but i guess in this instance none of us are ever going to get to hear what the end of the piece was and i wouldn't get too excited because it's not done this is a video from uh somebody called johannes kreidler it's called uh this is uh, play as slow as possible played as fast as possible with some rather unpleasant uh just sort of sawtooth by the sound of it uh, okay, everybody ready? I think that is what made me feel like we were we were perhaps being a little bit uh, um, made fun of because even sped up. <laughs> There's nothing, you know, you think, oh, what would be, it's like pull stretch, isn't it? When, remember, we did those things where they were sort of Justin Bieber stretched down to kind of 10,000 t- uh, times slower. And it's, it had this kind of, somehow there's some beauty in there. But when you sped it back up again, it's it's still, track or something. it still made a tune, you know, and there was something there. It just feels like, I don't know, I feel, I feel a bit disappointed. I don't know about everybody else. How does everybody else feel about that? Yeah, I'm cool. <laughs> I, quite I'm cool. Liked it. I okay. think it's like an alien, it's an alien Tarantella. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I'm getting that. Uh, do you think this could be something for your pork? Is it what's the band? Pork Ticket? I'm pork just, Ticket. Yeah, it could be something you could yeah, do a cover of. I think of that's this. why I, I, I was instantly into it. So, yeah. So, I reckon, yeah, a cover of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Pork Ticket will be dropping soon. I'm so sorry. There's been some delays, but Pork Ticket is on its way. <laughs> right. For those of you those of you who don't know, this is a band that uh, Gaz has put together, a project that Gaz has put together, which makes yeah. all the whenever there's a decision to be made musically you willfully yeah. make the wrong decision right yeah yeah it's a sequence of wrong of wrong turns yeah only wrong turns yeah yeah it can I like only disappoint sequence of wrong turns i like that that's a good title right there that's also a good yeah sequence of gosh I'm, they're coming out thick and fast aren't they a sequence of wrong turns i'm, I'm will it will it fit i'm not sure about that it might do Sequence of wrong turns. Because the, the you know sequence can mean all sorts of things. In our case, it certainly can. I'm yeah okay. Gaz, you could get the title there. Uh, well, actually, <laughs> uh, and bizarrely, we seem to have come to pretty much the end of the the show. Although there was actually there was one other thing, which was the VST SDK three point seven, which is you know new version of VST, I mean, which uh, has come out. Which I I don't know. I mean, this has been hanging around for a really long time. This uh, topic. <laughs> Uh, so maybe, maybe we'll 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 uh, we'll wait till three point eight before we get there. But uh, I, I think the general the general um, the general gist of it was uh, 
basically, yeah, the the, the new the Steinberg release SDKs for their new versions of VST. But I, I wondered the question that came up was would it actually mean that we start to see some MIDI two point capabilities? Because in terms, you know, it, we think we think that the John Cage piece is running slowly. I'm guessing the MIDI two point adoption feels almost as glacial <laughs> to me. <laughs> um, and it, I mean, I know I realised that you know, that's very flippant, a flippant thing <laughs> to say, it. but because you have to bake it into the hardware, but that yeah. it's, it's like HD ready TVs. Then this, I don't know. There has, doesn't seem to so be an a, awful. A Roland, a Roland controller keyboard is out or in the market that supports. So Roland, yeah, uh, that that's MIDI two point ready. Yeah, MIDI two point ready. So I mean, come on, manufacturers, come on. I think it's. I mean, it really is such a brilliant thing for the end user. Uh, I think MIDI CI, I think, is gonna has got the potential to uh, that's capability inquiry has got the potential to make the connecting up of gear like really interesting uh, and hopefully seamless. Uh, so it being part of the new VST, uh, it being just part of the new VST standard as well, I think, is a is a really crucial crucial step for its wider adoption um yeah really ex so so exciting it's this, how funny that midi should be having this extra you know this this new <laughs> 30 odd where... years later <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah brilliant though yeah yeah 30 Bring odd years. Um, I, i've just realized thank you very much lady aptitude in the irc chat has just re reminded me that i didn't actually announce the winner of last week's competition which was very much a miss of me so uh, I will actually announce, because uh, last last week we were running a competition for Stutter Edit 2, and the winner of that, uh, this was the competition, we were looking for this hashtag glitched out and Stutter Edit 2, and I have a winner this week, and that winner is, um, no, I, I, what is it about Twitter handles? Okay, Merbert Ankrawali, I think I've pronounced that right, at Merbert66. Uh, they uh, were picked by the supercomputer uh, to be the winner of Stutter Edit. So if you want to get in touch, sorry it was running a little bit late. Uh, please do, and you will be you will get yourself a uh, a full copy of Stutter Edit too. Oh, GeoSynth in the chat room has just gone for a, a super sticker. That's very kind of you. Thank you very much. I did enable super stickers uh, a little while back. I'm hoping it'll pay for the Sonic Talk uh, Christmas uh, get-together, uh, ultimately. <laughs> <laughs> Although it might be quite expensive to fly everybody over here uh, in quarantine situations. It'd be private, have to be an individual private jet with uh, some kind of... Uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure how it's going to work, but thank you very much. It's in the uh, budget. We'll be fine. Yeah, it's no problem. And we're made of money here. And it'll be absolutely <laughs> fine. But it's been great fun, as ever. And thank you so much, everybody. Charles, thank you much for joining us. I, I know you're very busy and you've got your first uh, live performance event that's happening in your venue. And if there's anything you need from us, just, just shout. Be happy to, you know, Yes, help. actually, I, I, and I will need to talk to you about that. So, That's no problem. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, is that all going to be chickyandcoco.com? People can find out about all that stuff. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be on the, it's chickyandcoco.com and so far through the Chicky and Coco uh, YouTube page. So I hope it works. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be nice. It'll be exciting and uh, something completely new. It'll be try. something. I mean, that's the thing. It keeps the brain going. Having to uh, having to install all of this new technical knowledge yeah. and how it runs is is you know that it, it's good for good for the soul. I'm sure of it. I mean, I've I, I can't me, believe I'm how actually, much I did not. I'm actually 96, but you know, 
Oh, oh, yeah. There you go. See, it keeps, keeps, you, keeps you very young. Keeps me young, yeah. I had no idea how, <laughs> how little I knew about video until I started doing this. And I know yeah. now I know a little bit more, which is almost nothing about video. So there yeah, you go. It's a tough, it's a tough, it, it, well, it's just a new skill, but uh, good luck with all of that. And thanks for joining us. Also, Mr. Rich thanks, Hilton sir. there uh, over in the US. Uh, I hope your uh, eye gets better. Although I kind of like the idea of you being the guy who always wears sunglasses on the show. There's something, there's something kind of, you know, it could be your thing. Okay. Well, <laughs> or not. I, I'll see how that goes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I hope you, I hope you've, uh, I guess the weather has been good where you are. You do cooking, do cooking out and a uh, bit of work on and stuff, no doubt. It's really, yeah. Yeah. It's real nice out. And uh, yeah, I've been getting along well re uh, recently and uh, getting out in the mornings and uh just generally uh, finding my way through pandemic life. Yes, uh, isn't it always mm. the way? Yeah, I was, uh, I was feeling a bit low before the podcast, and I've sort of because uh, of the the actions of our administrations in various countries. And one of the things yeah, I just well. sort of felt like we would just be, we would just be only work, and all we'd get was work and our back gardens. Because once they've decimated the arts and culture and everything else, there will be nothing left apart from uh, our our own space. Uh, but the human mind and the human spirit is endlessly optimistic and positive. So I just got to remind myself of that. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring that so much of a downer. No, I go, I go up great. and down too. I go up and down too, Nick. And yeah. uh, I think everybody does. And yeah, uh, yeah. I try to, yeah. I try to spend most of my time counting blessings. Yes, I think that's mm. probably a good thing. I and and blessings are that we uh, have the possibility of doing this great show and talking to all these great people and um, entertaining, hopefully, people out there as well. Hey, Gaz, I thank you also for joining us, Gaz Williams. Have you got a show tonight? You got uh, anything going on on your live stream, Gaz Williams show at eight o'clock? <laughs> um, yes, no guest uh, this week uh, because I want to do something. Um, I want to do something that sounds a bit boring, but it should be. I think it's quite interesting because we're talking about MIDI. But um, yeah, just oh, going to talk about MIDI foot controllers tonight. <laughs> oh, I hope you've had a pedicure. Have you had a pedicure? <laughs> I've got socks. I've got. I've got new socks that I bought yesterday. So, um, so yes. So it's continued. today featuring new so socks. Uh, the socks are going to be in the show tonight. So. Um, yeah, it's just that you, creative, uh, creative MIDI programming for the feet. That is a fascinating topic. What a great idea! <laughs> eight Thrilling. No, eight, yeah. it is actually. I think we, so. Uh, eight o'clock uh, tonight on the Gaz Williams yep. uh, YouTube channel. That's Wednesday. The uh, what is it? It's the ninth. Uh, nine, on nine oh nine day, Gaz, you've got to do something with. You've got to have a nod to a nine oh nine in there somewhere. You need to make a foot okay. pedal that triggers a 909 bass drum at the very least, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, you, all right, oh. you don't have to, you, you <laughs> sound, don't have to do like that. like you're giving me homework. <laughs> well, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it, it's... Um, I, I'm going to show one thing, because this isn't of that much interest, but it is worth seeing. Okay. Is it the socks? Yeah. <laughs> oh, now I'm... Now I'm oh, here we go. Here we go. Look at this. This is a um, Eden. It's a it's a it's a preamp. It's a bass preamp. Right mm -hmm. from e Eden. Yeah. It's uh, e it, apparently it has a lot to do with the the classic Eden circuit. 
It's got loads of quality connectivity on it. It, I, I, I really don't need it, <laughs> but I couldn't. Sixty quid, sixty-one quid off Toman. Wow. Mm. Uh, and it's just loot. I mean, it's a full quality bass preamp. Wow. Sixty-one wow. quid. Was I it, couldn't uh, resist it. I said, "Don't need it." I've got quite a few preamps here, but um, what, it's got no, it's not valve, presumably. What's the uh, what's it got in it? No, it's it's got a compressor Most in it. Fat. It's got it's got two param uh, semi parametric low mid high wow. mid sweepable EQ um, treble. It's got the enhanced circuit, which is a kind of Eden. It's essentially a smiley face kind of pre shape uh, mute. Enhance and toggleable foot uh, loop for the for the effects loop. What's it it's called? Also Eden, stereo, Eden what? stereo out. It's called oh. the Eden module Terra Nova. 60, 61 quid. It's just like, hang on. Wow. Okay. That is that. But disclaimer, it only just arrived. I haven't plugged it in yet. Ah, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, let, let me see. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the put the link into uh into that just so that people can look at it themselves uh yeah so yeah don't know how interested it is it just seemed like a ridiculous yeah. bargain i think i just pasted a whole mm. load of tracking uh nonsense on that one but there you go that's what happens when you do speed speed pasting um <laughs> speed searching okay well uh thanks guys that's i, I was just I, is there anything i'm trying to think if there's anything i've got that's kind of thrilling and uh, exciting that i can talk about um i don't think there is actually at the moment i mean we're uh, oh yes discord uh do if you want to carry on the chat uh I, I took your advice that was something that uh that matt and gaz both said uh more chat over at discord we've we got bitly slash sonic discord is the url to use uh yes. that, that's like a, a permanent uh invite link so anyone who wants to go over there and join in I, i'm not i haven't you know i haven't set up a lot of uh discord servers before but i'm working on it so there may be a few keep tweaks chat, but keep, keep the, the chat, chat going. going keep the chat going if that's what you're after uh, I can take that out of the way. So, uh, all right. Well, I think we'll probably wind things up. We'll just go back to our uh, our four shot, and we can wave as everybody's uh, about uh, off doing their business now. So, I, no, no. I was oh. look, I was actually signing up for the chat. I, mean, ah, I was actually okay. looking, I was looking for you on Discord. So. <laughs> I go. think uh, no, I, yeah, no, it's bit, a bitly slash. Uh, well, I can, I'll put it up once more time. Bitly slash Sonic Discord. Which I, is the uh, we'll okay, take you uh, straight there? I think that's it. And there's a Sonic okay. live chat and a general. We might add more chat rooms and whatnot. But uh, I took your took your advice there. Oh, I did actually. The other thing that I did was I because there was this. Matt had an idea. This is all very last minute. Uh, Matt had this idea of um, Matt Hodson, Math 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 said, "Oh, well, you should get people to post in their kind of setup so we can have a look at workflows and you know because everybody does something complete, you know, unique in some way, whether it's a, in a big way or a small way." So I created this Google form. Uh, which is uh, your setup, uh, which just means you can paste, a, you know, some URLs of stuff in and maybe explain a little bit about uh, your setup. And we could possibly this is this is a this is a sort of uh, tentative feature idea. So if we get some interesting ones in, we could sort of say, hey, look, this is this is what's happening, and it gives us a little bit more to talk about. If you want to get to that one, uh, that is a Bitly URL. That's uh, Bitly slash, I think it's called uh, Sonic Setup. Uh, let me just double check that because I, I need to double check that. Is it bit.ly slash Sonic Setup if anyone wants to participate? Sonic 
Sonics, yeah, bit.ly slash Sonic Setup will get you to that in, if anyone wants to fill that in. I'll probably promote it a bit more and see if we get any uh, any additional um, takers and it might give us a little bit more stuff to talk about because, like I say, everybody's workspace is different. Anyway, we were saying goodbye, weren't we? The show was over and it just, it just keeps on giving. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. Uh, we'll say goodbye now and we'll see you all uh, next time. Thank you very much for watching. Uh, that was Sonic Talk uh, 633. See you later. Bye-bye now.